Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for another opportunity like this to have this meeting. Thank you for teaching us from the book of Haggai thus far. As we continue today, teach us more concepts from your word that will help us to walk with you acceptably. Our hearts and our ears are attentive to hear your word. And as we listen, Father, touch us at the very point of need to the glory of your name. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. Haggai chapter 1 verse 12. Haggai chapter 1 verse 12. Then Zerubbabel the son of Shealtiel and Joshua the son of Jehozadak the high priest with all the remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the words of Haggai the prophet as the Lord their God had sent him and the people feared the presence of the Lord. After God had challenged the Jews who had returned from exile to consider their wrong actions, to consider the consequences of their wrong actions, and to consider taking the right actions that are needed. The Bible tells us that they obeyed the voice of the Lord and the words of Haggai the prophet. And this ought to be the attitude of every believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. When God has pointed out that you have done something wrong, and has told you the way to resolve the problem you go ahead and obey we are going to use this verse of scripture that we have read to learn what true repentance is some people think that repentance means just to say sorry some people think that repentance means to regret an action but true repentance is a change of heart from a wrong action or a wrong direction that you are taking to a new right action or new right direction that you need to take true repentance is more than desires and words it is action taking the right action true repentance begins in the heart it begins with our acknowledgement that we are in the wrong and then we must accept the right way that we are being told and finally we must act to move in that right path if you are going in a wrong direction and you are told that that direction is wrong it is expected if you are repentant that you will stop following that wrong direction if a person has a true heart of repentance when he's told that he's going the wrong way the next thing is going to ask is which is the right way and the purpose of asking that question is because he wants to take the right way when adam and eve sinned in genesis chapter 3 and god came to ask them what they had done instead of admitting that they had done wrong they began to blame other people to blame somebody else for your wrong is not a right action even if somebody gave you wrong advice the point is you are the one who implemented that wrong advice so repentance means that you must admit that you did wrong what many of us try to do is to blame somebody else for the actions that we took for example if i tell you to steal if it is not in your nature to steal you are not going to steal if you steal it is because it was in your nature to steal i may have given you the advice i may have prodded you but because you chose to steal that is why you stole if i tell you to do something wrong and you do it it is because you want to do it i may have pushed you there but you did it because you wanted to do it and so if you are repentant you would take the blame for it 
what Adam did was to blame Eve and by extension to blame God because Adam said, the woman that you gave me made me to do it. And when God went to Eve, Eve blamed the serpent. So neither Adam nor Eve repented. In Joshua chapter 7, we read about Achan and how Achan sinned against God. The sin of Achan was not known to anybody. But when God sent Joshua to tell the nation to prepare because there was sin in the camp and that he was going to fish somebody out, Achan did nothing. Even after they had gone round and they had finally picked Achan as the person who did wrong, he still did not repent. It took Joshua urging him to confess before he repented. And it was not true repentance. And so Achan was killed along with his family. In Matthew chapter 21, verse 28 to 32, the Lord Jesus Christ told the parable of two sons. The Lord said that the first son was told by the father to go and do some work in his vineyard. But the first son said he was not going. But afterwards, he repented and went. The second son said he will go, but the second son did not go. And so he concluded that it was the first son who did what was right in the sight of the father. Because even though the first son said he was not going, he repented and went. So you see that repentance has action to it. When we look at the parable of the prodigal son, the Bible says that when he came to his senses, he said, I will arise and I will go to my father's house and I will say to my father, I have sinned against you and against heaven and I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Please take me as a servant and let me serve. But after he has said these things in his mind, the Bible says, and he arose and he went to his father. And the things that he had said in his mind, he repeated it to his father. When a person is truly repentant, it will show. In 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 9 to 11, Paul was writing to the Corinthian church, and he said, Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that your sorrow led to repentance. For you were made sorry in a godly manner, that you might suffer loss from us in nothing. For godly sorrow produces repentance, leading to salvation, not to be regretted. But the sorrow of the world produces death. For observe this very thing, that you sorrowed in a godly manner, what diligence it produced in you, what clearing of yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what vehement desire, what zeal, what vindication. In all things, you proved yourselves to be clear in this matter. What had happened in Corinth was that a young man was sleeping with his father's wife. And when Paul heard about it, Paul chastised the church and warned them that if they allowed that to continue and not discipline that young man, it will soon become something that will spread throughout the church. So when they received Paul's letter, the Bible tells us that they sorrowed after a godly sort and they took the necessary action that proved that they were indeed sorry. True repentance is about godly sorrow. True repentance is not worldly sorrow. The Bible tells us that when John the Baptist was baptizing people, a group of people came to his baptism. And John the Baptist said to them, Brood of vipers, who has warned you to come? He said to them, Go and bear fruit worthy of repentance. And don't begin to say to yourself that you are children of Abraham. 
He said, prove by the way you conduct yourself that you are truly repentant. There's no need for me to put you in water. You come out of the water and you behave the same way you behaved before you entered into the water. You must start acting like somebody who is truly repentant. There is a saying that your action speaks so loud, I cannot hear what you are saying. What that means is that whatever you are doing is a representation of who you are rather than what you say. You cannot truly repent until there is humility in your heart and you accept the wrong. Repentance is a matter of the heart, not of the head. In Proverbs chapter 28 verse 13, the Bible says, He who covers his sins will not prosper, but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy. God's mercy is always available to one who is truly repentant. When a person is trying to hide his sins, he cannot prosper. The greatest gift that God has given to mankind besides eternal salvation is the means to attaining salvation. And the means to attaining eternal salvation is repentance. If your repentance is genuine, the fruit will be clear for all to see. The fruit of a truly repentant soul is a changed life. If a person was stealing and he has repented, he can no longer steal. If a person was lying before he repented, after repentance, he can no longer tell lies. When a person has truly repented, it will be clear because his life will change. And other people can see that his life has indeed changed. I want to conclude by saying that when God points out a fault in your life, he is not condemning you. Rather, he is calling you to repentance. He is calling you to change your ways. The Bible tells us in Romans chapter 2 verse 4, Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance and long-suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? A lot of people complain when they go to some church and say they are always talking about sin, but it is because God of his mercy is drawing people to come to repentance. So it is of the goodness of God that he points out a fault in our lives so that he can bring us to repentance. For example, when God went to Adam and said, Adam, where are you? And Adam said, I was naked. That's why I was hiding from you. And God said to him, who told you that you are naked? Have you eaten of the fruit I told you not to eat of? God wanted Adam to say, I am sorry that I ate the fruit. Instead, Adam blamed Eve for what he did. So when God says to you, consider your ways, it must lead you to change your ways. You cannot continue in your old ways and say that you have considered your ways. True repentance is about changing our ways. And we see the example from Zerubbabel and the people. The Bible says they obeyed the word of the Lord and they obeyed the word of Haggai the prophet. So if you have done anything wrong, if you have gone contrary to the word of God and you are hearing this word now, all you need to do is turn your heart around and repent before God, and he will accept you. And I pray that Almighty God, who has spoken his word, 
and has challenged you to repent will hear you and he will heal you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for our discussion today. Thank you for teaching us the true meaning of repentance. Help us, Lord, to look inward and to change our ways in humility of heart, acknowledging what we have done wrong so that we can receive your mercy. Thank you, everlasting Father. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen.